0: Hi, I'm Naomi, a Capulso reader and an anorexic. Um, so, we'll just start with the facts, the whole rundown. Um, I came to Overeaters Anonymous in, what's right before? Uh, May of 2014. My abstinence date is June 1st, 2014. I have about two and a half years of abstinence. Um, my abstinence is three meals a day, two optional snacks. Um, no weighing and no eating in my bed. Um, I have a home group, and I have a sponsor. My home group is uh, Sunday nights in Santa Monica at 18th and um, Arizona at 7 p.m., and my sponsor is Debbie. Um, now we got those little housekeeping things out of the way. <laughs> um, uh Well, So I'll just do the typical format, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. I have my notes because I got really nervous. Sorry, guys. Um, So what it was like, I was born a compulsive overeater. Definitely, for sure, was born a compulsive overeater. Um, From the youngest, like, from since I can remember, I had the nickname Beans. And this was because my parents were feeding me one day, and I continued to eat through a whole can of string beans, like, that, that shows me that, like, my food behaviors weren't normal from the beginning, you know, I didn't know when to stop, when to finish, you know, when to finish, and um, that, I mean, it was from the start, so this has been with me my whole life, this is my first addiction, and it's, you know, it's my first ism, it's been with me. Um, so, at five, my parents got a divorce that doesn 't make me a compulsive overeater. It just gives me a situation in which I need to learn how to comfort myself so at five um i kind of I gained a lot of weight. you know there was a lot of a lot of turmoil, a lot of things that were going on that i didn 't understand and i wasn 't comfortable, and my parents had both kind of you know retreated to take care of themselves and so What I did was I went to the food, and um, in doing that, I gained a lot of weight, and I was what my sister would call pleasantly plump, and I was uncomfortable. I, you know, I remember wearing my mom's clothes to school and feeling so shameful, just so, just bad about myself, and, you know, nobody nobody ever talked to me about it, that, you know, what the problem was. They were just like, okay, well, it's a don't ask, don't tell situation here. So, um, so I, you know, I took matters into my own hands, and at 11 years old, I started starving myself. So this meant when I wasn't around my parents, I wasn't eating. So lunchtime at school, no food. Um, granted, that, was happening, and I would go home, and I'd binge eat. I didn't understand that, but I was making up for lost time, or making up for lost meals, and um, that kind of began the pattern for the next 14 years of my life. Um, I, uh, let's see, I wouldn't eat for days, and then it would just end up in this, like, me sitting down and just eating this sugary, disgusting, like incomprehensible demoralization feeling food and I would just sit there afterwards and go, "Why did I do that? Why? Like what what what's wrong with me? Why can't I fix this?" Like and so then it would be three or four more days of starving myself again and then back to the binge. And it was, you know, it I didn't understand that and I came from a family who also didn't have Healthy eating habits as well, so it's like, you know, they eat at they eat breakfast at twelve, and you know, so I I had to learn a full schedule. Um, that being said, uh, I in high school I found like companions, so you know, in any addiction you find like companions and. I would starve myself with my friends and we would like try fad diets together and it was like a competition like who could be skinnier and the girl that was my best friend was so much skinnier than me and it was like so painful because I was constantly comparing myself to her but genetically like she was just a very thin person and um yeah it was it wasn't great so I starved and then I binge and um, a lot of the times I drink myself into oblivion so that I could throw up. Because I, I didn't want to be bulimic. But I knew that if I drank enough that it would be another. I could pull the trigger and it would be okay. So, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's not great. And it wasn't, it's not my finest moment. Um <laughs> But it happens. Like, this is, like, this is a disease. It's crazy. It manifests in so many different ways. And it just, like, it wants me to think that these behaviors were okay. And they weren't. Um, I was hurting myself. You know, I have, like, so many fillings in my mouth from, like, I thought it was from my braces. No, it's from, like, me purging after, you know, after drinking so often. Um, And, So then I guess, you know, that was high school, college, I went away. And so this was like the big time, like nobody is watching me. I am just like on my own. And, um, I began to exercise compulsively. Like it was, I don't eat, I don't cook. I don't, um, don't own a microwave. That was like the big thing for me. And, um, and I work out compulsively. So I'm in the gym three hours a day. I'm taking weightlifting classes every day, and I'm taking spinning classes and yoga, and my life is basically starving, thinking about food, thinking about not eating food, and thinking about how I'm going to get rid of my food. So it's like a miracle that I even, like, graduated college with the fact that, like, I was drinking, and I... Food. Food was my obsession. That's all I could think about. That's how I live my daily life was just food. So there was very little time for me to even, like, think about what I was learning, you know, and to even digest it. Um, So after college, I gained. So college was, like, my thinnest point. I was probably about 105 and very, very unhappy, very depressed, very, very sick-looking, and I was losing my hair. So I remember getting in the shower, like, this is... This is where it's like painful because, you know, you think that being skinny is one thing and it's healthy, but I was losing my hair. I was doing this to a point that I was harming myself. And my hair was coming out in clumps in the shower. And I just remember like looking at it going like, oh, that's, that's just because like I, I, I pulled too hard or it, I couldn't admit to myself that I was hurting myself. And it was really shameful. There was a lot of shame that I felt. And, I mean, it, it started from my childhood. I just felt shame. And um, after college, I binged. I got up to, like, to 135, and I thought that I was healthy. I had been cured. So 30 pounds up from my lowest weight, and I was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. I didn't want people to see me. I didn't... Um, I didn't have a lot of social interactions. I tried to keep it very minimum. Um, I got a job here in LA and I moved down and I was, it was work, home, Netflix, food, work, home, Netflix foods. It was like, I would order like a, a meal for the family from the Chinese food restaurant. And I'd be like, oh, they're coming over for this food, you know, and no, it wasn't. It was me in my bed, like spread out, like I'm gonna have a little of this and a little of that and here and there, and I would continue, I would eat the whole thing, and then the next day I'd go to work and I was like so zonked, like just so out of it. Um, and I, then it, it pushed me. So in the industry I was working in at the time, everyone was very about their body image, and I mean it's still like a third society today, but. Um, the body image was a thing, and I was the face of the company, and so I lost a lot of weight drastically. I went vegan, which is another term for anorexia in, in my vocabulary. <laughs> um, and, you know, so it's just easy to tell everyone, oh, I'm vegan. And it's like, I can't eat that. I'm vegan. And it's like, no, I can't eat I'm not going to eat that because I'm anorexic, and I don't want to eat that because I don't want to put any calories in my body that I'm going to have to get rid of. Um... So this is, like, this was the lowest. This was my bottom. You know, I was vegan and um, depressed. So I was very thin, and I was depressed, and I, like, couldn't feel. And I life was not worth living, and I went and got some outside help. And um, this woman had experience with the 12 Steps, and she, she recommended that I go to OA. So I went to, like, I went to one meeting, and this was my first meeting ever, and it was on Harvard. It's like right around the corner from my house. Harvard on Thursdays. On Thursdays, and um, the meeting was closed. Like they they couldn't get the doors unlocked, and so it's a miracle I stayed because they're like, oh, let's just walk to the park and we'll have a meeting. Like it'll it'll be great. And I'm like, these people are weird. What am I doing here? Why am I here? And you know what? I did it. I walked. I went to the park, and I even shared. And, um, you know, that was sign one that I stayed, even though the doors were locked. Um, And so from there, I just kept coming back. I can guarantee you I haven't done anything perfectly in this program other than I keep coming back because um, this I can't cure this disease on my own. I I have tried and I have failed miserably, um, and this is my medicine coming here. Um, so let's see. I got honest. This program makes you get honest. So basically, I was so unwilling and unable to admit to myself that I had a problem before I got here, that I would sit in the back of the room, and I would rush out at the end, and I would, you know, but I always came, I kept coming back, and um, one day on my last, like this was the day I was checking out, I'm like, okay, I think I've graduated from this program, because I've graduated from like many programs, I've graduated from outside, from outside help several times, not realizing that in six months, I'll be even crazier and I have to go back. But, um, you know, so I was, I was like, oh, I've graduated from this program. I'm going to leave. Like, I'm just going to go tell that woman who referred me here, like, she can just keep it. Like, I don't need it. And this girl came up to me and she said, you know, you don't stay for fellowship. You don't hang out. Like, do you, do you have a sponsor? What's your, what's your deal going? And she's like, do you, do you need a temporary sponsor? I'm willing to sponsor you. You need to ask somebody. And so I'm, like, looking around the room. And she's like, I was like, oh, well, do you want to sponsor me? And she's like, yeah, I'll sponsor you. Call me. Do this. And, um, I mean, it's granted, it took a few times for me to, like, start calling her and texting her. To this day, that, that, that girl is my best friend. She sponsored me for about a year. And, um you know, and then it was time to find another sponsor, but that, you know, that girl saved my life. She also got me into another program of which I needed to be in, and um, I'm forever grateful, but it's in these rooms that the people, the person sitting next to you, the person behind you, you never know if they could be somebody who could save your life, you know, Um, and many times, like, I have I have had a bad day where I don't want to eat or I need to eat. And I rely on those phone calls where I call somebody and I'm like, I do not feel well. Like, this is what's going on with me. I want to eat about it. And they say, you don't need to. Get to a meeting. Let's talk. And, you know, let's let's figure this out. Because my first response is Food. I want the food. I want to not have the food. I want to think about starving myself. You know, like, that's where my brain goes. My brain has this default setting where it's like, oh, food, let's just talk about food. And, um, you know, it's not its not fun. That's not a great place to be. Um, so, let's see. What it's like now, I have freedom from food obsession. So, um, I mean... Some days are a little wacky and those are the days that I call people but for the most part like I don't really think about food anymore it's just like okay I need to have lunch breakfast lunch and dinner you know and that that covers it if I'm hungry in between I have a snack but you know I don't suffer from those those like horrifying and like debilitating moments where I just sit there and I'm like, well, what should I eat? Should I do this? Should I do that? That has many calories. You know, it's like, that was my day, you know, and sometimes like, I mean, that comes back. I mean, I'm not perfect. This program works wonders, but it still comes back and it's okay. I have tools now. This program taught me tools to, to learn how to handle those situations. You know, I have a high, I have a higher power, so I call mine God, and God is bigger than me, and God helps me in my recovery. Um, you know, it, this also, so basically, the, uh, the mind, so the food thoughts, once those subsided, once those kind of were put back into their place, I had so much more time to do other things in my brain, like, actually learn and remember things, so, um, <laughs> so, you know what, like, I actually, I actually got to start feeling my feelings, and when I was working at this job, like, you know, I was making great money, I had all the cash and prizes that I, you know, and I just recently quit my job, and I went back, I'm going back to school for something that I love, that I want to do, this was my dream as a child, to become this, you know, to, to learn how to do this and to, to do this like, and give myself this opportunity because before this program I was a worthless piece of garbage, you know, that to myself I had so much shame and um, just like fear of failure just complete and utter fear of failure um, that I wouldn't have even allowed myself to go and explore this opportunity because if you watched me fail, um, the proverbial you. Um, it would have been so humiliating, but today I get to, I get to live my life, and I know that failure is not really an option. It's, it's like failure is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to learn from something. So um, my higher power has showed me. Well, I've learned this through my, my program is that I have had many gods, <laughs> and so um, I had to learn. I had to figure out a god that worked for me, because the god that I knew as a Catholic growing up was very, um, very punishing, very uh, not not great. Oh, five minutes. Okay. Um, Not a great one for this program, you know? And so I came in here with that God going, well, if God loves me, why did he give me this compulsive overeating? Why did he give me alcoholism? Why did he, you know? But in turn, you know, through this program and through meditation and prayer, I learned that this is, like, a privilege, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to, like, to share with other people and to be compassionate, and um, every bad situation, there's a silver lining. I get to go through something that's painful. I get to have somebody else walk me through it, and I then in turn get to walk someone else through it, which is amazing. That's what this program is all about is, you know, being able to help your neighbor. And I learned that in here because. Before it was all about me, and it was all about how I'm gonna get mine and that did not work for me. you know there was the point that I just felt so in so much pain that I wasn't helping other people and you know today I get to do that in here and um, yeah it's it's been amazing. Um, so I will finish up with my daily program so on a daily basis I send my sponsor an email, and what I'll do is I'll write my food down so I go breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. I give her everything I've eaten for that day, and then I tell her three things that I've done well today. So three things that I felt that I did that were good, you know? And then um, I will give her my gratitude list, which is like ten things that I'm grateful for. Why? Because? And... um, And then I center my tenth step because cleaning house. I can't stay clean off of yesterday's shower and I need to make sure that that day is done and I need to make sure that I have, if I need, if I have amends to make, that they're made and I, um, and that I can have a a good day tomorrow that I don't have these resentments festering inside of me because resentments lead me to food and to um to harming myself so um i think that's it for me but um thank you guys for letting me (laughs) this is the time for questions only there is no sharing at this meeting if you need to share please do so with any one of us after the meeting also, please remember that the option, the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If, um, please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Um, five questions. Any questions? <laughs> Yeah. What's your concept of God today? My concept of God today... Um, oh, what's my concept of God today for those in the recording? Uh, today, God is this, this presence in my life that guides my, guides my life. So there's already a plan that's been written. And I'm just in this place, and I need to ask God... For the willingness, or ask God for what's next. Um, I mean, some people use that terminology. Go to the ocean, and you can't stop the waves. So, I think I see God in everything. There's God. Like you have a God, I have a God. God is everywhere. Like, so God for me today is God is everything, or God is nothing. And um, that, like, for me, it's just this presence. Or the universe that um, is all loving and compassionate and it's still evolving it's evolving every day to be a less a less punishing God I mean it's I've been here for two and a half years and it's still it's still evolving for me um, so I hope that answers your question thank you very much um, how have your relationships with your family, your friends, your coworkers, etc., changed um, in your time in program. Uh, that's a great question. So, um, for those listening, how have my relationships changed with my time in program? Um, so, before I, before this program, I had very, very poor relationships. So, I did not have friends that I would consider friends. Like, I just had acquaintances that I would consider those people friends. Um, and through this program, I have learned how to be a friend, how to love, how to show compassion. Um, today, I'm proud to say I have, I have real friends that I have real connections with that are not acquaintances. And, um, you know, I, I care about them deeply. Before, it was like, how am I going to get mine? How does this look for me and it was all about the outside um, with my family, there has been a lot of a lot of changes a lot of um, a lot of just really like forgiveness you know i 'm still in the process of learning how to forgive because there's a lot of things that i'm you know I have resentments against and it's really it's there's a lot of really painful things from my childhood and i'm learning through this program and through my other program that you know i don't have to keep that story anymore and my relationships with my my relationship with my dad and my mom have improved like completely like it is a complete change like i resented my mother and today like this morning she texted me and she said you know hope you have a great day i miss you and i love you and I didn't, like, normally I would sneer and go, oh, that, oh, why did she even call me? But it's like today, today I was like, wow, like, she thought of me. And that is really beautiful, you know? And that I, I really appreciate that. I can appreciate these things because she, my parents and my family, they're, they all are, have their own capacity. And they, you know, they show the love that they can. And it's for me to acknowledge that... That's what they can do, and I'm grateful for that, because before, and still, I'm still suffering with this today, that nothing is ever good enough, and, um, you know, today, that was good enough for me. My mom, my mom called me. You know, my dad invited me on a trip to Europe, and that, that's amazing, you know? Before, I would have been like, oh, yeah, well, I'm deserving of going to this trip. Like, now it's like, wow. He thought about this, and he wants me to be there, and that's really cool. So um, my relationships have really improved. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Um, that corner. Um, I'm wondering, does compare to Sarah still come up in your life at all, and what do you do like Oh, my gosh, compare and despair. Okay, so the question is, does compare and despair come up in my life at all? And what do I do when it gets loud? Um, so I started a new school. So this is, like, it's I'm, like, going to school with Barbies. And it's, like, it's, it's so difficult because I, you know, I'm, like, oh, these, like, you know, they're, they're 10 years younger than me. And I, um... And it's really difficult because you know they're they're ten years younger than me and they're driving cars that like you know I want and I like a car that I I worked for you know so um, I you know I have a lot of those issues where it's like oh well you get this and I don't get that and when I get into that I just go to God and I'm like God give me the willingness to be grateful for what I have today and I'll call my sponsor <laughs> I will call my friends and. You know, usually they're like, we're not going there today. Like, can you sit down and write a gratitude list? (laughs) And I'll write a gratitude list and it's like, oh my god, my life is beautiful. Like, I am so, like, I'm so fortunate and grateful that I get to, I get to be me and I get to live this beautiful life. And so, you know, and then normally I know that it's not, it's not about the, uh, not about the feeling it's about what I feel inside about myself and that's normally when I need to check in and and see what's going on why I feel why I don't feel right inside so it's very internal all of these sort of external things are very internal and I have to go inside to um to really figure out what the problem is and work on it um and so that's what I do on days that I feel compare and despair. <laughs> um, I, I hope that answers that. Thank you for your share. Thank you. um, are there any steps that you have particular resistance to or uh, bumpiness in? Uh, or talk about I, I Okay, so the question is, are there any steps I have resistance to uh, right now? fourth step <laughs> um, so I um, I've gone through the steps a few times but um, I'm going through them in, in another program and um, going going through the fourth step there is a column that says uh, what I, how I participated what's my participation in this this uh, situation this resentment and that's the hardest thing for me It's to be able to get honest and like because I've been a victim for so long like I I have built my whole life around being a victim and coming into this program I'm not a victim like these circumstances I played a part in them and you know whether my part was to not be active to not you know to not voice voice my opinion I I did that, and, um, you know, so that's definitely hard, the hardest part for me is to get honest and to say, this this was my part, I did this, and um, my resistance, because there's, I've got a lot of, I'm going through a lot of life changes right now, and there's a lot of things coming up, and, you know, it's the holidays. So uh the holidays just passed actually <laughs> and you know there's a lot of those like those things lingering and the resentments and it's like it's time to clean house. I got to get it out. Um, but definitely finding my part in any, in a situa- in a resentment because I that for me that feels shameful that I've I've you know I have a part in anything. <laughs> um, granted, you know. I do. <sighs> Hope that helps. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, can you talk about the process? You, to, it sounds like you had a great job with cash and prices. You decided to leave that job uh-huh. to go to school. Yeah. Can you talk about the process? Was it just one day, one house that I'm going to school, or was it a. Oh, okay, so uh, the question is with my new transition from the job the the great job that I had to now going back to school um, how did how did I make that decision uh, so prior to this program or I mean I was at that job for five years I was working my way up in this industry um, and I was you know I was getting paid really well and um, it really was, like, the uncovering. So once I stopped the eating, once I stopped binge eating and the food thoughts kind of, you know, subsided, it was, I got to start feeling. And I got to start feeling like, oh, I don't really like this job. But, you know, I still show up. And I still show, you know, I have a great work ethic. And I I go to work because I need to make sure that I can afford my, like, afford my life. And, you know, it's self-care to go there. Um and it just got to be a little bit more and more every day that I realized that this, this place I was working at wasn't right for me. And this wasn't my dream. I was living someone else's dream. So it was very gradual. And it was very calculated and thought out. And, you know, I had a lot of conversations with my sponsors about it and my friends and my family. And uh, this past October, I decided, you know, there, we were going through some staffing transition at my job and it had been a really rough year there had been a lot of things going on the person that had brought me over had quit and um so I just really felt kind of abandoned but also like this just wasn't right for me and it was all of the signs like God was like it's time to to move on and so I applied for this school and everything just started going like Financial aid came through. This came through. Loans went through. So it was just like one step at a time. Everything just like kept happening. And it was just this like, oh, I know I'm in the right place. This is, You know, it wasn't one night I woke up like, this is what I'm going to do. Because, it w- you know, that would be manic. That would be me pre program <laughs> But, um, you know, it was a very gradual process. And it was like God leading me in, in that direction. Um, I hope that helped. Your uh, concept, of, your power and your with your higher power evolved, relationship with your higher power My so the question is, how has my concept of my higher power evolved, and the relationship with my higher power evolved? Um, I can tell you, before I came to this program, I had a God that was punishing, and that everything bad that had happened to me was because of God. And that I was a bad person and that I deserved it. I deserved all of the bad things that were happening to me. Um, And I deserved all the pain that I felt and the shame. And um, coming to this program, I realized that I was just placing blame on something else rather than accepting situations that had happened in my life that actually make me stronger actually make me more qualified to help others and um coming in here and learning that um helped me grow grow my god my god when i came in here i had to i had to write i had to write so many things like what is god to me and it was like i would go to my sponsor and she's like well what's god to you you gotta write it again like because I'd be like, well, this bad thing is happening. She's like, well, maybe your God needs to get bigger. And um, I sat down and I have written what my God is so many times. And it's just been, it's evolved. And today, it's a kind, loving spirit that guides me. Um, even if it's in a painful direction, you know. But that, but I get to learn from that today. So there is no... There is no malice in my God anymore when before I came from, from a God that wanted to punish me. So, yeah, it's ever-evolving. Ever He's getting nicer. <laughs> um, you spoke here a couple times about resentments. Could you talk specifically about how you work through your resentments? Ah, okay. The question is, how do I work through my resentments? Um... Well, there are a lot of steps that I work through my resentments. First, identifying said resentment, because usually it manifests in me just being an angry meanie. Like, I'm on the road, and I'm like, why aren't you driving fast enough? Why did you cut me off? You know? And that's when I know that I'm not right, and that there's something going on. That it's not not that person in front of me in the car, like... Everybody like when I get in my car on a good day, it's everybody drives their like it's everybody drives how they want to day behind the wheel. You know, I'm like, okay, you're gonna do that. All right, I'll just I'll just be safe. You know, so um, so the, it's like turning it inward. So I see that I see that behavior, and um, and then I go okay. So I sit down and I write about it. What's really going on? You know, this that, the other. How does this make me feel? Sometimes it's a, you know, sometimes I have to sit down and have to write about it. I have to write nasty letters to people many, many times that I will never send to them (laughs) to get the emotions out because there's a lot of deep-seated anger that I have and that's my biggest secret is that I'm angry. Um, And then I write a fourth step about it. I talk to about it with my sponsor. I talk about it in my outside help. I talk about it with my friends. It's making this sort of secret um, visible and just like hammering it until it's done until I I can just forgive because a lot of the time it's me holding on to something that I can't forgive. And that's that's my part in it is that I can't forgive them a lot of the times. So that's how recently I've been dealing with resentment. Uh, how program help, uh, affect relationship with exercise? Exercise. Um, to be honest with you, that is – oh, sorry. For the, the listeners, how has my um, program helped me with exercise? Um, to be honest with you, that's still something I'm working on. Um, to this day, I mean, I don't have a regular exercise routine because, um, I'm still afraid to be honest. Like, I'm so grateful that you asked that question because I get to, like, throw that out there. Like, I am in fear of having an exercise regimen because my brain goes there. And, um, when I get there, I don't know how to stop. And I'm afraid. I'm still terrified of that feeling. Um, that being said, I, um... I do try to walk places, so I do loving things where, you know, I'll park my car further away and I'll walk to the door, so I get some sort of, like, exercise. I'm, I'm going downtown a lot now, so I park my car and I, I walk around, and on my break from school, I'll go and, like, walk around the block. So there are some, like, loving things that I do. Um, as far as an exercise regimen, I haven't quite figured that, that out yet. But, I mean, I know that it's... It's the next thing on my list, I feel it, where I'm like, OK yeah, I think I could get into a yoga class or I could get some sort of loving exercise that doesn't injure me or make me feel crazy.: Thank you so much for your share. Um, did you, say that you sponsor people do I spon- Oh, the question is, do I sponsor people? Yes, Currently, I am full at the moment, but I do sponsor. If you were ready to start okay. So the question is at what point in my program did I start sponsoring? Um actually sponsor like sponsoring pretty quickly. So after the steps, I think probably six months in, my sponsor said, um, you know, you should start taking girls to the steps. She's like, You've got some recovery, you need to you need to be a service. Um Oh, I didn't even talk about service. Oh, my gosh. So being of service, that was, like, that's it. Like, that's where the gold is, Um, being of service to others. So whether it be taking another woman through the steps, which um, I haven't taken somebody fully through the steps yet, but, you know, it's like being in contact with another compulsive overeater, anorexic, bulimic, exercise bulimic, whatever it might be, somebody with this ailment in this room, um... Is very important and so that started early for so about six months or so but then I also threw myself into service with the birthday party which was very important in me staying here because had I not had a commitment there I'm a little squirrely I'm kind of a commitment phobe I'm one foot in one foot out like I'll see you when I want to um, and um, you know just being being held accountable because that, you know, that's very important. Is that I need to show up because someone else is relying on me. Yeah. So, I think that answers. All right. Is that it, Bill? One minute. Any quick ones? We good? Oh, we've got six minutes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I'm <laughs>